On this week's show, it looks like Aaron Rodgers will be returning to the Green Bay Packers. And could Oklahoma and Texas be moving from the Big 12 to the SEC? In this week's history lesson, we take a look back at the forgotten American Football League champions between 1960 and 1969 prior to the merger with the NFL. That and so much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode 207 for July 27th, 2021. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. Yeah, it's great hearing you be all cheery when we were literally at each other's throats right before hitting record. You are such a perfectionist when it comes to the audio quality. This is very true. And I, you, you'll play something, you'll play something back while we're testing the microphones, and you'll go, oh, that's terrible, and I don't hear anything. Well, it doesn't help that you're uh, 30 years older than me. You have two hearing aids, and you I might need a third. I'm telling you, you might need a third. Well, I spent 16 years in the military working around uh, jet aircraft engines. I've probably lost a little bit of hearing here. Oh, there. yeah. Well, I wear headphones and listen to heavy metal. So, um, if anything, we're on the same level. Oh, and I'm please. surprised you can't <laughs> hear anything. <laughs> Shut up, you hippie. <laughs> we come to you Hold each on. week. <laughs> Make up your mind. I just said I was a metalhead. Now I'm a hippie. Uh, pick a lane. Hey, hippies can be metalheads, too. This is true. I am all things. <laughs> Hippie, metalhead. Uh, a lot of things, all right. <laughs> we come to <laughs> you each week thought. from the I world of you. football. Shut up. World of football man cave located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL to the XFL, college, high school, indoor, and arena football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, let's review what happened this past week, starting with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right. We're going to start with Week 14 in the Indoor Football League. We had the Green Bay Blizzard take out the Iowa Barnstormers 34-26. to The Fresco Fighters get back in the win column with a win over the Northern Arizona Wranglers 33-30. to The Duke City Gladiators take out the Spokane Shock in a high-octane thriller 68-61. Yeah. to the Arizona Rattlers surprisingly handle the Sioux Falls Storm 59-33, and the Tucson Sugar Skulls get a win over the Bismarck Bucks 34-27. We now move on to the National Arena League, where it is Week 9. The Albany Empire defeated the Columbus Lions 63-43, helping Albany earn the top seed in the playoffs and snapping the Lions' five-game winning streak. Yeah, the Lions have only lost two games, and they've both been to Albany. <laughs> yeah, good, good for Albany. I mean, that's a team we adopted when they were in the Arena League. Sure. Uh, hard to really see them as the same team now in this different league, right. but, you know, they're still kind of like that kind of child we had we just haven't talked to him in a while kind of like our relationship we We only talk once a week yeah we drove all the way to albany which was like a 12-hour drive i think and uh so we we know their arena we kind of know the team great arena look of the team great look and uh you know so that when you hear something about the albany empire you you it takes you back to a couple years ago when we were there sitting in the stands even though we haven't seen them play in the ifl they were an arena football team at that time but still Oh, yeah, NAL, I'm sorry. Yeah, come on, get your stuff straight. And you're talking in the middle of my segment, uh, the one segment I get all show. Uh, continuing with the scores, the Carolina Cobras defeat the Jacksonville Sharks 54-44, to and that is it for the National Arena League. Any other anecdotes or stories you'd like to share in my segment? Uh, yeah, uh, coming up. We've Too got... bad. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to the Women's Football Alliance Championship Games. I'm just kidding. What are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, we haven't we haven't covered the Women's Football Alliance all season long. We, we've covered them in seasons past. Uh, I'm not sure why we didn't cover them this year, uh, but they, they came down to their championship games, which were played in Canton, Ohio, at, uh, what is it, Tom Benson Stadium now? 
Okay. And uh, so they, they had the three the three divisions, Division Three, II, Division Two, II, Division One. Go ahead and, uh, and now that I've said oh, that. Oh, now, now I can. Go ahead and, and read Okay, the and I'd like to also preface that with uh, they haven't been in the scoreboard because the person who puts together the scoreboard for me, the talent to read, didn't put them in there. Anyway, in Division Three, it was the Derby City Dynamite from Louisville, Kentucky, over the Arizona Outcast, and that's Outcast with a K, mm-hmm. uh, from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, the final score to that game was... The Dynamite 30 and the Outcast 20. Then in Division 2, we had the Nevada Storm defeat the Detroit Dark Angels in a. Oh, this was a womp down. Uh, <laughs> beat down. Beat down. Beat down. I was going to say a whomping, but then I wanted to say beat down. So I have now invented womp down, everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, the new summer craze. Uh, 42 to 18. Wow, that's uh, quite the shellacking. And then in Division 1, the Boston Renegades defeat the Minnesota Vixen. 42 to 26. Yeah, the Minnesota Vixen have been around for a long time. I remember yeah. probably 10, 15 years ago hearing about the women's team, uh, the Minnesota Vixen. So they've been around a long time. Yeah, and we've been talking about the Boston Renegades off, Mike, because they got that documentary out that uh, yep, there's a documentary. I kind of stumbled upon. I haven't watched it yet, but I'd like to check out that documentary. I've, I've seen that. If it's the same documentary I'm thinking of, I don't know how many documentaries they've made on this team, but I did see a documentary about them. And uh, we had the story uh, that I posted on our Twitter and Facebook feeds last week where Robert Kraft, the owner of the oh, yeah. Patriots, loaned his uh, team jet to the Boston Renegades uh, to get them to Canton, yeah. Ohio. So they got they got to ride on his, well, not his private jet, but the team jet. Yeah. It's all painted up with Patriots colors. Yep. So that was kind of cool. Yep, and that is it this week for the World of Football scoreboard. We have uh, really run out of things, but yeah. oh, can't wait for a week. Well, no, I guess two weeks from today we will be talking – CFL regular season, yeah. baby. Yeah. Add them to my rundown. Yep. All right. Uh, let's throw it over to Randy with the news. And you, I've already noticed you're missing stuff, so I'm going to have to do some quick research. These are things that Go you told it. me to, to add in. Yes, uh, and you obviously missed all. another one I sent okay. you. This is live bickering radio, everybody. <laughs> all right. Uh, first thing in our NFL news, it looks like Aaron Rodgers will be returning to the Packers after all. Yeah, we had been having a great time the last few months thinking that maybe Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to return to the Packers. Oh, us and 30 other uh, fan bases. Yeah. And then the one fan base who's been crying all summer. Now they <laughs> woke up today with a big old sigh of relief. Yeah, all's right in uh, cheese town. But uh, <laughs> all I can say is this, you know, Mr. Rodgers, uh, don't buy into what the team is selling. I think you need to hold out uh, longer. Uh, I think you need to threaten and, and do sign with another team somewhere, maybe out west. Don't go back to Green Bay. They don't want you anymore. They don't That's like you. Your, your time has run out there. Now we're just uh, lying. <laughs> but no, I was, so I was really hoping he'd retire. And I did too. I did too. But <laughs> so what, what is interesting about this is he finally kind of sort of got his way. We found out last week that it wasn't about the money. They were trying to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. And he didn't really want that. He wanted more control and say in what, you know, where he gets to go. Hmm. So essentially from what I understand, and I'm sure anybody who's read more about it or more in depth on the situation than me uh, could correct me. But as far as I know, the way things are looking is he's going to play for them or would be with that, that green Bay through the end of the season. Right. With the option, I guess he's got a few years and every year he could have an option to just Boot. So if the Packers go and lose in the NFC Championship game again, which is more than likely, uh, he could say, you know what, I'm good, um, you're going to trade me. Mm. Or maybe he's got to opt out like Brady had with the Patriots. Because Brady, this sounds similar to what Brady was doing towards the end of his career. It was like a, they would assess how things were looking at the end of every season. And mm. if Brady wanted to walk, he could walk, which is essentially what happened. Mm-hmm. So I think for a quarterback in Rodgers' position, as much as I hate the guy, <laughs> on the playing field, I got to respect the uh, that kind of clout that he's built. Like, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Let's not yeah, deny he's it. He's been, been around a, a long time. been he, around he a should. long time. He's proven he is got one of the best arms we've ever seen. Right. So I think the dude deserves to have a say. And if Green Bay isn't helping him out, and we've, I mean, everybody's speculated and talk to death about the last few years oh they don't do anything to help Aaron Rodgers all he does is carry that team and you know what it's put up or shut up I guess this year for Green Bay and if he doesn't like it he can walk and find a team that hey just insert Aaron Rodgers and guess what you're automatically a Super Bowl contender or 
like when Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, that one guy you think could get you over the hump. Hmm. So that'll be interesting. So if we thought the Aaron Rodgers drama was insufferable this summer, ladies and gentlemen, the summer of 2022's sequel <laughs> should be way more annoying. Oh, boy. Yeah, just what we don't need. All right, well, speaking of Tom Brady, oh. uh, you saw the video of him oh, this is great. throwing uh, to a, a football pitching machine or whatever great? they call did, it. Did, yeah. Did, I thought that was fake. It looked fake, did, it. didn't it? But it wasn't. Yeah, I saw it a couple of times, and I, and I didn't wasn't really paying attention. I just thought, oh, that's fake. And then the more I watched it and the more I saw it you know, making the rounds that everybody was reposting it, it looks pretty darn real to I me. Think, I think I, I was up until the point where he throws it, and it knocks the machine over, and then the machine kind of lazily shoots the ball up in the air. I was like... That's really hard to do, like, and to look realistic. And for Tom Brady, like, you know how much money that would probably cost for somebody to do special effects and to make that look realistic? Probably, he can afford it. I mean, he can afford it, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> why would you do that just for a lame, like, for a, a little one-off internet video? Like, yeah. if, if, if it was fake, I think I'd be really upset. And I think somebody would have caught, like, oh, if you look here and here, you, you know, somebody would have caught it by now, I think, yeah. if it were fake. And maybe they still could. But it looked real to me. Yeah, I think the fit, the, it does. hey, the physics and everything pass the eyeball test. So <laughs> once we get into that uncanny valley where we can't tell if it's real or not, that's a scary situation. Yeah, it just goes to show how but accurate hey, cool he video, is though. at his oh, age. And he's great. I mean, yeah. he might not have, like, the Aaron Rodgers kind of arm strength, but, hey, he could, he's still accurate. And, shoot, that, that dude, he just looked handsome on that field doing that, didn't he? Oh, I can't help. I mean, I am a straight dude, but you have to admit <laughs> that Tom Brady just, I mean, Whatever it was, whatever film crew he takes around with him that makes him look like a constant movie star, they whatever they're getting paid, it ain't enough. Hmm. All right, well, whatever. I just, I wasn't looking on a at weird it that tangent. Way. I, just... I just, I just say, like, look at that handsome man throwing footballs. This dude is like 15 years older than me, and he's. This is like I'm so jealous, and I hate this guy so much. <laughs> and his. Seven well, we agree super, there. And his seven Super Bowl rings. That's something right. you didn't bring up. The picture of uh, him with the. Uh, Super Bowl rings, because the because this is a story you also left off. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did get their Super Bowl did rings. Did we talk about this last week? I don't think we did. I thought we did. We did not. I thought you we and I talked about, about it in rings. person. Well, okay. Well, we can we can talk. about I am it pretty more. sure. I will bet you twenty bucks that we did not talk about this last week because yeah. it only came out. And I'll even check the date when I sent you that message. But no, let's talk about these rings. They're so cool. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a ring that you could take the top off, and uh, inside is. Uh, the stadium where you played yeah. with one diamond on the field. That's uh, it's an incredible uh, ring. Yeah. Four days ago, I sent this to you. It's 319 total round diamonds on the top represent the 31 to nine final score. Hmm. Uh, and on the inside, yeah, that inside label says February 7th, 2021 NFL history was made when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers became the first team to win the Super Bowl at home at Raymond James Stadium. So then inside, there's like one diamond and a replica of the stadium with their playoff and Super Bowl winning scores in there. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a gaudy-looking it, ring. If you just see it compared to some of the other ones, it is so big. Yeah. It is a big ring, but looks yeah, good. It's, it's it's something else, almost like a secret decoder ring where you oh, I know, right? take the top off and there's stuff inside or whatever. But yeah, it's 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 gaudy, but <laughs> there, there's a lot of symbolism uh, in that ring. Oh, there's you know, a lot of thought that goes into these rings. And, and just, oh, I know, know it's nuts. And the home stadium, you know, open it up, and there's the home stadium because they were the first to win at home uh, in a Super Bowl. You know, there's uh, all kinds of uh, symbolism in that ring, and uh, wow, it's it's something else. It, it's in yeah, it's a. Man, that's one you don't want to get rid of, Mr. Brady. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if somebody, you know, 10, 15 years from now ever wants to sell their Super Bowl ring, that thing would go for an ungodly amount Probably. of money. Probably. Probably. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, do you have something else? Nope, continue. Okay. You're, everything else so far, then I got more to add. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have unveiled their 75th anniversary uniforms, and yes. you, you saw these, and uh, yes. thought they were pretty good. I thought they looked great. I like the uh, the numbers look great. They got the one single white stripe going down the helmet, and they got I think mm-hmm. they're adding the numbers to the helmet. I th- yes, yes, uh, they look great. They're going to have the patch with the 1946 on the uh, front of the jersey. Mm. They kind of had that same similar looking patch, but they always put something different in it. Mm. Um, there's a picture for you, just to, mm, okay, but. 
I think they look great. It'll be cool to see like a Browns helmet with actual things on it. So even if yeah. it's just a number, that'll be interesting. Yeah, they'll and look it, like, they'll look like a college team. I think that'll be the weird thing. But but I don't think they're gonna wear them all season long. I no. think they're. I mean, I'm sure they only got a couple of games, three or four gonna... games that they're gonna wear those in. I'm sure. All yeah, the games are uh, I did see that there was some teams are doing like the jersey schedule like i saw the broncos release their full 17 game oh, really? oh, I hadn't seen jersey that. schedule like what okay. get, what jerseys they plan on wearing each game spoiler alert they're gonna wear their orange home jerseys against the lions wow. uh yeah and then they're doing like throwbacks once and blah 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 there's a whole article you guys could look it up for all the jersey schedules and that's my thing and i guess we don't have enough time to talk about it on this show <laughs> but anyway uh I'm surprised that it's just going to be the white jersey it looks like. They didn't highlight like a Yeah, they didnn't show a, a brown, brown jersey. jersey. But I mean, the white looks great. Uh so maybe at home one of these games are going to wear a white jersey and hmm. that'll be cool or a couple games, who knows. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Probably but, against the Bengals, that's what I would pick. Play against the Bengals wearing those. Hmm. But yeah, the next year is when they're starting the uh, the different helmets. So uh, everybody this year is going to have the same, at least the same color helmet. Right. Uh, and then next year, you know, Denver could go back to their blue helmet for a game or two with those orange. That'd be great. Orange I'm waiting. Jerseys. I'm waiting to. That ne- would be cool. Next year will be cool to see all the different teams like unveiling. Hey, with our alternate helmet this year, we can do. These are all the combinations. I think they can only have five jerseys at a time, though. So that rule is still in place, which I think is crummy. But mm. that also limits uh, the Oregon uh, different jersey every week. Yeah. Uh, the other thing. Uh, there's another team that unveiled some throwbacks that we you didn't have on the run rundown, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Will be wearing throwbacks from the 1956 season. Uh, I think I saw that, and I I know we talked about it. I but, couldn't tell any difference in them. Oh, I can tell you the difference. The helmet. So the helmet is obviously going to be the same, except for the two the Colts logos instead of on the side of the helmet will be on the very back. Oh, okay. The back of the helmet, and uh, as I'm showing him pictures from my phone. Uh, they look very reminiscent to the 1950s where they had like the three white stripes on the uh, arms. Hmm. But on these jerseys, they they look like they go a little more up towards the shoulders. Because, I mean, obviously the sleeves on jerseys today don't go that long. Hmm. But they got the okay. three white stripes, and they, I believe the pants are kind of the same. They're going to be like three white stripes instead of the two white stripes the, the Colts rock now. So hmm. um, I think they look great. Uh, they're crisp. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with them. So I'm yeah. I'm excited. So I think it's cool seeing that we've had two teams in the last week unveil that they're going to be doing some special throwbacks. Yeah. Well, like I said, the, the Colts uh, jerseys. I mean, they they look the same now as they did back in the fifties, and I Pretty like much. I like that. So there's just a little minor tweaking here and there. That, that's yeah. fine. Colts Colts were a top like I like we've always talked and joked about doing like our top something no whatever ranking the jerseys, and I think the Colts got a classic look, and I love that yeah. Colts uh, yeah. uniform. Okay. Well, and that, that, I think that's all the extra stuff I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, so then we'll move on to some CFL news. Yes. And basically, the only CFL news other than they're they're in the midst of their training camps up there, and we yeah. get to see videos. A lot of cool videos. Uh, the Saskatchewan's posted some cool stuff where they had some fans at the stadium watching mm. them practice. Like that yep. looked really cool. I'm excited. Like that got me jazzed <laughs> for the uh, uh, CFL season. I, I'm already going to start looking at getting. I don't know if I want to get a hat from every team because that's expensive, <laughs> but I'm definitely thinking about getting me an Argos and a Thai Cats hat. And I know that's uh, blasphemy to both those teams up there. Like, hey, <laughs> you can't get our hat and their hat. Yeah. So, but hey, I'm sorry. Those are the two teams I like, and I know you guys are better rivals, but yeah. I dig you guys. I, I do need to get a, an Ottawa um, Red, Red Blacks, Blacks uh, helmet. Yeah. Uh, that's one helmet. I, I mean, I've got all the other CFL helmets maybe not the most current updated versions but get an atlantic schooners helmet hopefully <laughs> in the next few years i can add that to the collection also but yeah uh, the red blacks is one i just don't have yet and i i need to take care of that this year i, I mean i'm just excited the argos are going back to like the the uh, boat logo oh, I, for the helmet i really don't like that one i think it's cool no. like not as cool as the the helmet they've been rocking with the a with the shield on oh, it but yeah i love the the a and the shield i like to even it's see them simple they need it's to nice do clean every single cfl team needs to do what the montreal alouettes did uh, a couple years ago when they progressingly as the season went along they, they like the jersey oh it was great god if i could yeah. get the argos to do that and then get like the the 90s doug flutie looking uniform to come back for just a game or two yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, some some teams have gone through different iterations like that. Uh, the Stampeders uh, basically have had the same yeah. logo, the running horse, but they've changed the color, they changed the stripes a little bit, so they could do that. But the Argos have had yeah. uh, some very different helmets over the years. And, oh, yes. yeah, they should, <laughs> that's an understatement. They should run them through, you know. Uh, Them and the uh, Tie Cats have gone through a bunch, too. Well, the, the Tie Cats have basically been the same, but... Uh, yeah, there have been very variations. All the teams, like if you go to, God, there used to be that Mister Habs website, and there's a couple other uh, great websites. Go to the worldoffootball dot com. Go to the link section. Uh, <laughs> I think those sites are still up and running. I'd have to double check. You got to double check your links. Yeah, but some are. There, some there's are. some great. They keep track of all the different helmets over the yeah, years. All the variations. And, oh, the it's just so cool to see that, and you see like even like the one game variations that they might have rocked for, mm. you know, yep, one, one season. Like oh, are so cool and. Kudos to the people out there who do that work and like keep track of that helmet stuff because yeah. you're doing the Lord's work and <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, the the thing that I want to talk about in the CFL is is that the border to Canada is finally going to be open up on August 9th. Oh, okay, now, they moved it up. Yes. Now that's that's for us to be able to go into Canada, but the United States is not actually opening up the border until the 21st. Hold on a second. So you're telling me we can go into Canada on the 9th? They won't let us back in until the well, 21st. The way I read this is they, they're not letting just anybody back in once they open that border on the 9th. But if you're an American citizen, you know, you can get back across the border. I, I'm i a little leery about testing that out <laughs> just from what I read. You know, go, to, heck a, of a, time to, go be to a game on the 10th and then all of a sudden you're stuck there until the 23rd. I wouldn't say stuck there. I would say gleefully that's true, that's running true. around Canada. It would wouldn't it gives matter you to me. I'm retired, to go see but more you got, you'd have to call in sick for two weeks. Well, I think they'd understand. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I got stuck in Canada. I'm going to I'm gonna go road tripping, and we're going to yeah. go look at some CFL games. They won't let us back in. So we're stuck here. Yeah. We'll be eating poutine for the next uh, two weeks and and uh, living at uh, uh, Harvey's. Okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> I got one. I think, I think I've talked about this on the show before. If not, I apologize. But Canada... I don't get poutine. I just don't. I'm sorry. I maybe I've good. had the maybe I've had the wrong place with the the wrong gravy. I just don't get it. It don't work for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, we had it one time over there. You didn't like it. Wherever much, what, wherever that place was 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 that at um it was at some truck stop uh, like an Arby's. Nah, it was like it was A and W root beer. So that I made it was oh, like A okay. and W stand. Okay, but in a plaza on the highway. Yeah. So. Maybe not the best example for me to have poutine. Maybe I got to go to an actual restaurant to do it. I don't know. I mean, if they serve it at the stadium, I thought maybe I'll give good. it another try because maybe stadium poutine's better. I don't know. French fries, gravy, cheese curds. Whatever well, doesn't get any better. Maybe the cheese curds I wasn't crazy about, and I like cheese. <laughs> anyway, no, I'll, I'll if we I'll, lost I'll be li- eating the poutine. If you don't like it, shove it over to me. If, I'll if eat we've the if we've poutine. lost listeners because of my poutine take, I apologize. <laughs> This week on Poutine Talk, and I will Adam read, tries it again. And I will re- read any hate mail I get on the air. So, Wait, is that incentive for people? Please don't send me hate mail. Well, that's all I had for CFL news this week. I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad their camps are open and everything's going fine. Uh, I haven't heard anything about any outbreaks uh, of, Knock of on COVID wood. Uh, from their training camps, so that's a good sign. And just looking forward to uh, having them start up the regular season uh, next week. Yep. All right, so we do have some college news to talk about. Oh, do we? Oklahoma and Texas uh, are talking about moving to the big, uh, moving from the Big Twelve to the SEC. Uh, both schools have given notice to the Big Twelve that they plan to move uh, and not renew their contracts with the Big Twelve, which expire in 2025. Uh, the SEC now must vote to accept them. I, and I, I don't see why they wouldn't. And I think that's going to happen next week. But what, yeah, this, what would happen if they vote one in but not the other? That would be very <laughs> awkward. I mean, this this so this story coming out. There's been so much now around it. This is this is the first domino in a in a game that we've all theorized would happen eventually, and that's the start of the mega conference, the super conferences. Yeah. I was really hoping you met me at super, but you went <laughs> mega, whatever. Anyway, uh, so the dominoes have begun falling with these two teams supposedly, and I'm gonna. Throw out, it's got to be an 80% chance they are going to land in the SEC. I think <clears throat> the SEC sees these two big programs, and you're telling me you'd say no to them? Mm. I yeah, I think the SEC wants to dominate the college football Oh, they're going to, which so, means then you're leaving a bunch of teams in the Big 12 who go, yikes, what are we going to do? 
Yeah. Like those are like a couple of our big money makers for revenue sharing. So now you're going to get some other schools and here we go. This is the dominoes uh, falling because I don't know when the other contracts expire for these other schools in this conference, but supposedly Oklahoma state's already reached out to the big 10 to talk about maybe coming to the big 10. Hmm. Uh, and then I think there's some plausibility. I think I saw Texas A&M might've also reached out to a different conference that hmm. I'm not hundred percent sure on. So don't quote me on it, but I think the dominoes are going to start falling. And it, within the next you know days, weeks, months, we're going to start hearing about some of these schools, maybe jumping ship and maybe the eventual dissolving of the big 12. Well, you know, a few years ago, this, it, you this remember happened. The, remember the Big East? Yeah, uh, it does, it's not around anymore. Yeah, a few years ago, uh, a lot of this happened. Uh, teams were jumping conferences, you know, for like a, a two or three year period. Uh, every year, somebody was jumping to a new conference. And then everything's settled down since then. And now, with these two schools, it looks like it's going to start up again. So like you said, uh, it's a domino effect. Once these two decide to move... Others are going to follow suit, whether yep. they whether they try and get into the SEC or another conference. Uh, I think there's going to be a big shakeup. And so between this and between the uh, name likeness uh, stuff going on at the NCAA, I think the NCAA is going to have to step in, and we're going to really have to. In a, in, so if 20, say let's aim down the road somewhere, they're talking about expanding the playoff for the Division One college football. Right. I think. They need to really hammer out some uh, guidelines slash just restructuring of this whole system. Because like I've said for a while, I think, and as much as it pains me to say it, they need to tear off the Division One, The minimum, like those uh, other five conferences, the group of five, mm-hmm. they just got to be lopped off. Unless they jump to one of these other conferences, they just got to be lopped off from competition from the big national championship, which is unfortunate. I would love to see Western Michigan go to a national championship someday against Alabama, but that probably <laughs> that's a pipe dream. And until they let all these smaller conferences play in that big tournament without having yeah. to be, oh, you have to be undefeated and all this and all that, but they're going to let a two-loss Ohio State in above an undefeated Western Michigan nine days out of ten. Right. So let's just cut the crap and have two separate divisions. Have like a gold, your gold division and your silver division. The gold division are all your big power five, which might eventually now become the power four. Mm. And then everybody else and let them all scrap because let's face it. It's not going to be fair. It's always going to come down to money and it's always going to come down to the better looking matchup or the, the, yeah, the best, the, the best matchup that's going to make the most revenue yeah, or the most prestigious programs. Like, Oh, we can't have Alabama playing central Florida. That's just not a, uh, a great college football Nobody matchup. Will watch we, that one. We'd rather have two loss Ohio State uh, play Alabama instead of undefeated UFC, UCF and give right. them a shot. You know, so right. let's just cut the crap, rip that Band-Aid off, because <laughs> what's the point? Like, Western every year would play for, and I'm saying Western just because that's Kalamazoo, that's where we're from, and Western's awesome. <laughs> and I'm just using them as the Mid-American Conference example. But, like, the, the most they play for is a conference title, and a decent bowl poopy bo- a poopy bowl game. <laughs> I wanted to say the other word. A poopy bowl game in Mobile, or maybe they go to the Bahamas. Wow, what a track record that is. Western got lucky and got to play in the Cotton Bowl, though. That is probably one of the rarest, coolest yeah. things that'll ever well, happen. They had to an them. undefeated season, and they had an undefeated season. But that is one of the rarest, coolest things that could happen to a Mid American conference. Right. And you're telling me that they're going to let like that undefeated Western Michigan team, they they didn't let them compete for a national title. They were undefeated. They did everything they needed to do, and then they said, nah, you're going to be ranked. I forget what they ranked us at the time. 15th? Was that as high as Western guys? Somewhere around 15, yeah. Somewhere around there. So, And I get it. They didn't play anybody. They didn't deserve to be up there, but, I mean, they won all their games, and there's just – I hate the – I mean, I like the committee kind of thing, but at the same time, I hate it because <laughs> you know who's going to get picked? Two loss – two, you know, two loss – Ohio State, above an undefeated, non-Power Five school. So yeah. whatever. It's, I just think it's it's time. It's time to just quit the charade. Maybe during the regular season they can still play each other, but when it comes time to your championships mm. and playoff system, let's just separate them, guys. Yeah. And, Give Western and, let Western be able to get a national championship at the Division One silver level or whatever. Until every conference champion in division one and we've gone on that tangent before too uh, can can equally you know go into the playoffs because they won their conference 
it's not going to be fair to yep. everybody in in the division in Division One. So, uh, and so all you P, uh, college football FCS. purists out there who say college football is better than NFL. This is this is where I draw that line in the sand. I go, no, it's not, and this is why. At least the NFL has got some sort of structure for their right. postseason, which gets you invested. Every year. College football, it's a crapshoot, and you know <laughs> teams are going to get screwed over. Yeah. I mean, it, at least in the NFL, when teams get screwed over, it's because, you know, oh, they're tied, or maybe the random thing where they get they come down to a coin flip. Or like last year where you had a 7-9 a and nine division winner uh, going to the playoffs instead of a 10-16 and 16 that probably deserved it. Right. But, hey, guess what, everybody? You want to make it to the playoffs? Win your stinking division yep. then. Yep. Does that stink? Maybe a little bit. And maybe I'll concede the 7-9 team shouldn't host a playoff game. But, they hey, they won their division. They should at yep. least be in the playoffs. They were the best of that bad division. So, I mean, at least the NFL's got structure. That's why I will right. always prefer the NFL to college. But I love college football. It's exciting. It's great. But when it comes to this playoff crap, it's all over the place. And this brings us back to... This move, this domino effect starting with Oklahoma and uh, Texas Mm -hmm. jumping ship, it's just NCAA's got to get out in front of this. they they got to stop being so reactionary. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of my rant. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Well, at least every team in the NFL every year has a chance to make the playoffs. Except for the Detroit Lions. Oh. All, all they have to do is win their division. And, <laughs> Which or, Detroit has never done in or, my life. Actually, they did maybe, it one time. Or maybe be in the top two in their division out of four teams. We've, and Lions have done that. And they're in the, well, yeah. And, <laughs> but, but they should be in the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, at least that's a fair system where everybody has an equal chance of making the playoffs. Year and then you have the one weird anomaly year where a, t- an, a team under 500 makes it to the playoffs. Rare. It's rare. Like, it's only right. happened, what, since they re- realigned the divisions? It's happened right. two or three times. So, hey, at least then it's understandable. Like, hey, maybe once in a great while you'll get a fluky year like that. But the rest of the time, the averages don't lie. And, te- you know, the the best teams are going to make it. And you'll rarely get that one team that gets screwed. Other than, like, you just so happened because you lost in week two against this team. And you had a backup quarterback in that game. Like, that loss essentially is what you know, made you not make the playoffs because right. of that tiebreaker with, oh, let's pick a team I hate, probably <laughs> the Packers. Like, the Lions lost a tiebreaker to the Packers because the backup quarterback played week two. You know, something like that. Like that, But that's all just, I don't know, it's different than college football where, oh, you're undefeated, but, oh, but you won the MAC. Oh, yeah, so you, you got to stand over there while we pick, uh, let's see, two loss Ohio State, uh, three loss uh, Nebraska, and, you know, and the list goes on and on. They're going to pick these prestigious schools over a Western, over a Toledo, over a, uh, I'd say Grambling State, but I know they're not Division One. Right. But, but you get what I'm saying. And it's, right. it's annoying as a football fan who, when I say I love football, I love the tradition. I love, you know, the sport itself, but I also love the competition. And when that competition and fairness is kind of brushed to the side to be like, hey, we're going to make more money if we have two loss uh, Ohio State play Alabama instead of undefeated uh, UCF in Alabama. Well, we're we're more acutely aware of that here in Kalamazoo because we do have a team that's in the Mid-America Conference. Yeah. It's, it's not the Big Ten. You know, we've got Big Ten teams right down the road. Yep. You know, Michigan. We're surrounded by Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Illinois, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, yeah. So we, we've got all these teams around us. And then here's uh, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, uh, you know, Toledo, teams, Toledo uh, things like that. Which, and, and we love the MAC conference. We yeah. love seeing these teams play. They're all uh, part of our heritage here in Kalamazoo because we've been playing them every year. So it's we're we're more attuned to the fact that it's not fair. You know, <laughs> our our team isn't isn't being treated fairly by you, the rest of the. You know what also uh, helps that mindset with you and I in, uh, in particular. Hmm. The fact we're also Detroit Lions fans, and we know that it's just we're just gonna get kicked down no matter what. Yeah, the refs hate us. Uh, he hate us. He hate me. <laughs> she hate me. Uh, they hate the refs. Hate us. Hate us. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we still Detroit talking? versus everybody. Are we still talking college here? I have no idea. Okay. I went off. We went off yeah, on you, so many Loki sure multiverse did. tangents. All right. Let's go on to our next college story. The University of Iowa is going to name their playing field at Kinnick Stadium after Duke Slater. Uh, this is long overdue. It should have been done a long time, long time ago. Duke Slater played at Iowa from 1918 to 1921. 
He went on to play 10 seasons in the NFL. He was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 1951. And after his football career was over, he became a lawyer and later a judge in Chicago. And just because he's going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this fall, now they're saying, oh, I guess we should put him in the, you know, name our field after him. Now, I was, I was reading that uh, 50 years ago, uh, they were going, you know, when they were naming the stadium Kinnick Stadium after the Heisman Trophy winner, Niall Kinnick, uh, that they were going to call it Kinnick Slater Stadium. And, of course, 50 years ago, to have your stadium named after a black man and a white guy, it, that wasn't going to fly. So, uh, But now they're going to name the field after him. So good for that, but it's, it's been a long time. It should have happened a long time ago. Well, but, maybe not too little, but it's definitely maybe a little late. Well, yeah, very late. But, yeah, so that's something that they are going to do. Uh, probably sometime this season. I'm, they weren't real clear on exactly when that was going to take place. But uh, I think they've got to vote on that, but it's probably a, a, a shoe-in. Okay, another, uh, actually one sad uh, college football story. Former Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden, who is 91 years old, announced this week that he has uh, an unspecified terminal medical condition. Hmm. Uh, so that's sad to hear. He coached the Seminoles for 34 years from 1976 to 2009, and he is the second winningest coach in Division One history with 357 victories. His teams won national championships in 1993 and 1999. Hard to believe like it's been that long since he's retired. I, I just yeah. kept thinking, like, he's still coaching, yeah. to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's well over 10 years, and, and yeah, it doesn't I seem th- like it was that long ago. Right. He was, you know... Uh, patrolling the sidelines for uh, Florida State. So, yeah, our uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to the family and to Bobby Bowden uh, with that announcement this past week. Uh, also this week, it was announced that University of North Carolina head coach Mac Brown and defensive end Julius Peppers, who also played there, are going to be inducted into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. Actually, they were inducted in the Sports Hall of Fame last Friday. Uh, Brown coached at UNC from 1988 to 1997, and he was actively recruiting Julius Peppers to come to UNC, but uh, Peppers actually left to become the coach at Texas before Peppers got there in 1999. Uh, Brown did return to UNC in 2019, so he's been there the past few seasons. Peppers was drafted by the Carolina Panthers as the second overall pick in 2003, and uh, he played 17 NFL seasons with the Panthers, Bears, and Packers before he retired in 2018. And uh, I remember that when he was drafted, I, oh, of I wanted him to come to Detroit so bad. And I think Detroit had the number three pick in the draft that yeah, year. Yeah, you remember who they took at number three, don't you? Um, no. Joey Harrington. <laughs> but I just remember that Julius Peppers was the player that I really wanted. I thought he was going to be great, and we needed him in Detroit. And he went one pick before. Probably Detroit. would have been a whole different team if we would have gotten yeah. Julius Peppers at that time. Yeah. So. Oh, well, well, congratulations to both gentlemen. There was a nice picture of the two of them. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Know, it was a good uh, picture. Uh, uh, hugging each other or whatever at the induction ceremony last Friday. So congratulations to both of them. All right, uh, something that you probably don't want to talk about. Yep, I was like, can we just skip this segment I finished already? my summer football playlist uh, today. Finished. Yeah, uh, he says that, but I bet you he'll, he'll put out more. All, no, all in all, I had uh, 26 different uh, musical football gems that I posted. Uh, and he's going to list every single one no, for you. No, just the ones since last week when we talked about it. Yeah, so I'm saying every single one he's posted since last week. <laughs> yes, there was a country song uh, called uh, A Drink in Town with a Football Problem by Billy Currington. Uh, the Blind Man in the ple- Bleachers, which actually was released by two guys the same year, uh, David Geddes and Kenny Starr. There was a sports song by Weird Al. That's a great song. Uh, it shows him uh, leading a marching band on a, on a field out in California. There's the Monday Night Football theme, All My Rowdy Friends Are Coming Over Tonight by Hank Williams. Mr. Touchdown USA. Now, this uh, song was a, it goes back to the, the 40s or 50s, but the version that I posted had a an accompanying video that showed the Marx Brothers from their great movie Horse Feathers and so that kind of went real well uh, together and then there was the uh, the song Night Train by Buddy Morrow which is where Dick Night Train Lane got his nickname uh, The Boys of Fall by Kenny Chesney Adam Sandler's The Lonesome Kicker the USFL theme from ESPN back in the 80s, and the World League of American Football opening theme from the USA Network. Those were both pretty good pieces of music. Uh, How could I forget the Super Bowl shuffle by the 85 Bears? 
And uh, then there was a great song by Haywood Banks, the comedian. It's called When There's a Game at Notre Dame. If you haven't heard that, go check out that video. That's, that's really, really good. Uh, there was the song The Walk of Life by Dire Straits. Now, that really wasn't a football song per se, but the video uh, had a lot of sports uh, uh, highlights, a lot of NFL stuff. Uh, they even included a, a quick shot of uh, Billy Sims and David Hill, Lions players from the 80s. Uh, so that every time I hear that song, I think of that video, and I just think of all these great NFL highlights. And then they had some NBA and, and Major League Baseball highlights too, but uh, I just zoomed in on the uh, football ones. And then finally, a song called uh, Armchair Quarterback by Ray Stevens. Uh, it's kind of a not very well-known song. It came out in 1985, but uh, I put a link to that too. That's pretty good, so give that a listen. So yeah, over the last two weeks, uh, two a day I posted, and uh, so 26 football songs for summer put them on your playlist and uh, take them to the beach and enjoy i'm upset that noticeably missing from that is bon jovi's rumble in the house i was going to put that on there but the song uh it it was it's a great video but but it's more um of a commercial than the actual song so you can't hear the whole song itself so i I didn't have a I, i didn't feel like posting that because i could not find the entire song uh where you could hear all the words and everything wow well uh, and I'm also disappointed that there's a rumble in the house arena football CD, uh, which was known as the greatest hits of the arena football league. Volume one, never got a volume two. <laughs> there's a history thing for you guys. <laughs> yeah. We've got that somewhere. It's over on my CD shelf. Yeah. Yes. I still have CDs. It's right next to my cassette tapes. Hey, I like CDs. I have kind of started weaning away from, I'm more about, uh, about vinyl now. Mm-hmm. Not that I get to play my records a whole lot, but I love having me a nice vinyl record. I've kind of mm-hmm. taken a step back. I mean, I like I get my digital downloads, but yeah, give me a vinyl record. <laughs> yeah, I've I've uh, kind of stopped buying CDs, but uh, Paul McCartney came out hit with his McCartney three, and I did. Oh, go there's always find a, that there's always that on one a, band that you're gonna make the exception yeah, for. Like yeah, me, it was I, I want everything of his yeah. uh, CD so that I can download it to my computer and save it that way. And See, I bought Tool's album every which way I could. I bought the the digital version, mm-hmm. then I bought the physical copy, and then. Uh, whenever I find out there's a vinyl, there might be a vinyl. I haven't looked mm. it up. But I'm going to get Tool's album on vinyl that came out uh, last year or two years ago now. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's been two years. And I've downloaded a lot of songs, yeah. too, from, from iTunes. But, uh, but I mean, if I can have a CD and just rip it to my computer. And some people will say we're old for using iTunes because I buy my music. I don't just, like, pay a subscription and stream everything. I like to pay or at least think that I'm paying the artist $10 for that album. Uh, and hoping that they get a chunk of that money. Yeah, that's what's wrong with the world today. Is everything? Oh, here is, we go, everybody. Everything new is rant. streaming, so you have to pay uh, for stuff you don't want because it's only available on a streaming service that you have in your car. No, I'd rather have a CD player in my car where I can shove in the CD that I bought at the store, and I can listen to that whole CD start to start to back, and then put in another one that I like. And the title of that rant, everybody, is called "Tell Us You're Old Without Telling Us You're Old." Shut up, you hippie. All right, uh, Arena Football TV on YouTube. Uh, finally, we were talking about this the other week. We hadn't seen a lot of Grand Rapids Rampage games on here, but they posted one this week, and it's the Grand Rapids Rampage at the Chicago Rush from 2006. Yeah, and um, the gentleman who posted uh, posted the videos, uh, Mr. Tim uh, Capper. Tim Capper uh, I don't know if he actually does that. On I don't know if it's Arena him or not, TV. but whoever runs the page uh, was kind enough to respond to me because on the comments of the video I said, hey, I love seeing the Rampage. How about we get a game where they win? Because, spoiler alert, everybody, the Rampage lose this game. But I do want to also throw out there, the game, uh, they must not have gotten the beginning of the game because the game starts with Grand Rapids up like 21 to 10 or something. Yeah, some, of their, some of their posts uh, don't have the complete Whatever, game. it's still cool to see right, them. Sure. But I commented, I was like, I at least went to the end to see if Grand, <laughs> that was a game Grand Rapids won or lost because I couldn't remember, hmm. and they lost. And I said, can we get a game where they won? Because he's posted one where they played the uh, the Blaze and they lost. Mm. And I couldn't think of any other Grand Rapids games they posted. And he was kind enough to remind me that they did post Arena Bowl 15, yes, Arena Bowl which we won. Yes. And I had to own up to, oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> but, well, but, hey, yeah, it's good to see another Rampage game. I want to see more, yeah. but we'll see. As soon as you told me that, that it was a Rampage game at Chicago – I went to a game in Chicago, and so I, I looked at my spreadsheet to see if that was the game that I was at, which would have been pretty cool. But uh, this was the 2006 game, and I, yeah. I was there either in 2005 or 2007. So mm-hmm. it was either the year before or the year after that I was actually in Chicago. But Grand Rapids in Chicago uh, 
had some really good games. I know that yeah. the the year the Rampage went to the Arena Bowl, they played Chicago in the playoffs, and yeah. that was a crazy game. And then in the last year of the Arena League before they folded, Grand Rapids, I believe Grand Rapids was a below 500 team. They made it to the playoffs somehow. Right. And I believe they upset the rush on uh, – yeah, they upset a couple of teams. They upset the, a couple of teams on the on and the, almost made it to the arena bowl. And they lost to the SaberCats uh, the game before the uh, uh, yeah. arena bowl. But wasn't it the uh, the Rattlers? Or maybe they or, had that goal line stand. Yeah, maybe it was the Rattlers. I'm thinking of. But yeah, Grand Rapids upset a couple of teams. Maybe yeah. did we upset San Jose? I'd have to go back to look. That was so electric because we were like, yeah. oh, we're crappy. They stopped him on four straight plays, like yeah. from the one yard line, and it was either Arizona or San Jose. Man, yeah. I wish I. I know, right? But that I mean, I just remember us being like. That. We were just happy to be in the playoffs because they were sub-500. We're like, oh, well, hey, at least we made it to the playoffs. So as long as they play them tough, we didn't care. And they had two surprising wins. And we're just like, oh, my God, we could actually almost go back to the arena bowl. With with a crappy record, yeah. But, yeah, Chicago and Grand Rapids, I mean, they're only like a a three- or four-hour drive uh, Well, from Grand Rapids, but for us it was a little closer. But but still, when when Chicago came to town, they brought a lot of their fans oh, with did. them. So there was a huge. It was always a ruckus uh, section of uh, uh, rush fans because because they tried to make the Chicago Detroit thing a rivalry, and maybe it kind of sort of was for a minute. But then Detroit folded, and all there was was Grand Rapids was one of the closest teams to Chicago. Yeah. So that was yep. like automatic rivalry right there. And yep. they had some great games. Like I said, that first year the rush were in the league, their inaugural season, where they. People thought maybe they could make it to the Arena Bowl. You know, Grand Rapids played them here in home. And I just remember that being a great game and us being like, oh, my God, are we going to get beaten by an expansion team this year in the playoffs? And yeah. But we all know how that went, everybody. Do we? Uh, yeah, because they went to win uh, the Arena Bowl. Because hmm. then they played the – I think they played the Rush first. Then they played the Indiana Firebirds. Hmm. Uh, and that was a bit high-scoring game. I remember you going to that game. I was really upset that I didn't get to go to that one. And then I think that after that, then they went to maybe, – maybe I'm getting them backwards. It's been a while. I, I just remember them playing the Rush and the Firebirds in the playoff before uh, playing the Cats in the championship game. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, anything else uh, that, that we have forgotten uh, before we go into the uh, obituaries? obituaries? Uh, no, nothing's popped up, so we should be good. Okay. We do have four obituaries this week, and this is where we take a moment to honor those who've made the world of football a better place. And we're going to start out with a gentleman by the name of Ellis Rainsberger, a coach in college in the CFL and the USFL. He has passed away at the age of 88. Rainsberger played college football at Kansas State. He was a head coach, uh, head football coach at NAIA Washburn College from 1962 to 1964 winning a conference championship in 1964. He also was a head coach at Southern Illinois in 1966 and at Kansas State from 1975 to 1977. He was then the offensive coordinator for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian Football League from 1978 to 1982. He spent the 1983 season as, a, as an assistant coach with the Denver Gold of the USFL. Uh, and in 19... 19- Ninety-four, he was the interim head coach of the Pittsburgh Maulers for the second half of the season. Rainsberger also spent time as an assistant coach at Duke University, the University of Kansas, the University of Illinois, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, the University of Toledo, and he was also a scout in the NFL for the Tennessee Titans, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Miami Dolphins before he retired in 2007. What a career. Yeah. All right, moving on, uh, we're going to talk about Greg Knapp, a longtime assistant coach in the NFL, and has passed away after being struck by a car while riding a bicycle at the age of 58. Knapp played quarterback in college at Sacramento State and became an assistant coach at the school from 1968 to 1994. He went on to be an assistant coach in the NFL from 1995 to 2020 with the San Francisco 49ers, Atlanta Falcons, Oakland Raiders, Seattle Seahawks, Houston Texans, and the Denver Broncos. He won Super Bowl 50 with those Denver Broncos. Knapp was hired this past offseason to be the passing game coordinator of the New York Jets. Yeah, really, really tragic story yeah. there. Uh, the next obituary is that of Chuck McMahon, who was a player and a coach in the Canadian Football League. He's passed away at the age of 70. McMahon was a running back and a tight end in college at Wilfrid Laurier. 
I think that's how you pronounce that. Uh, if not, I'm sorry, that's a college up in Canada. And he was selected in the third round of the 1976 CFL draft by the Montreal Alouettes. He played for the Alouettes from 1976 to 1981 and the Montreal Concords from 1982 to 1985. He won a Grey Cup title with the Alouettes in 1977. He then went into coaching. He was an assistant coach with the Calgary Stampeders from 1992 to 2000 and won two Grey Cup championships with the team in 1992 and 1998. McMahon was also an assistant coach with the CFL's British Columbia Lions from 2008 to 2015 and won a fourth Grey Cup game in 2011. He also spent time as a college head coach in Canada at the University of Waterloo from 1988 to 1991 and at McGill University from 2001 to 2006. He is a member of the Wilfrid Laurier Golden Hawks Hall of Fame. All right, and our final obituary is that of Jim Schaffner, who was a head coach in college and a longtime assistant coach in the NFL and has passed away at the age of 85. Schaffner played college football at TCU and was selected with the 13th overall pick in the 1958 NFL Draft by the Cleveland Browns. He played defensive back for the Browns from 1958 to 1963. He then went into coaching in the NFL between 1967 and 1996. He was an assistant coach with the San Francisco 49ers, Cleveland Browns, Houston Oilers, Dallas Cowboys, St. Louis Cardinals, Phoenix Cardinals, and Buffalo Bills. He also spent time as the head coach at TCU from 1974 to 1976. Schaffner was inducted into the TCU Hall of Fame as a player in 1981. All right. So now we're going to... One more obituary real quick. Uh, I guess it's not a big obituary. I just saw, and this is not football related, but one of my favorite uh, heavy metal drummers uh, passed away, I guess, today at the age of 46, Joey Jordanson. Slipknot drummer. Uh, I'm really sad right now. I just saw that news on my phone break, and I'm pretty sad. He was okay. one of my favorite all-time drummers. Okay. Uh, today's birthdays, July 27th. Defensive back Irv Cross, born on this date in 1939. He died in February of this year at the age of 81. Played his college football at Northwestern, and he was a seventh-round pick in the 1961 NFL Draft by the Philadelphia Eagles. He played for the Eagles from 1961 to, uh, I, I wrote 1961 to 1961. That's probably uh, 1965. And then with the L.A. Rams from 66 to 68. And he returned to the Eagles for one final season in 1969, uh, which gave him nine NFL seasons. After that, he went into broadcasting. Uh, in 1975, he joined Brent Musburger, Phyllis George, and Jimmy the Greek Snyder on the CBS show The NFL Today which was the first live NFL pregame show. He remained on the show for 14 years through 1988. Yeah, I, I never knew Irv Cross was a football player when I was watching him back in the 80s. I just assumed he was a, you know, it was always just a broadcaster because he was really good, a good interviewer, just a great personality, a, a great fit for that show. Uh, and so, yeah, I, <laughs> it took me a while to realize, oh, he's a former player. I did not know that. And then uh, our other birthday today is that of wide receiver Haven Moses, who turned 75 years old today, played his college football at San Diego State, and was the ninth overall pick in the 1968 NFL Draft by the Buffalo Bills. He played for the Bills from 68 to 72. He was traded to the Denver Broncos, and he finished his career there uh, between 72 and 81. He played 14 NFL seasons and he was inducted into the Broncos Ring of Honor in 1988. All right, that's it for our birthdays today. So uh, unless you have anything else to say, we're going to move on to this week's history lesson. And uh, the last couple of weeks we've been looking at uh, NFL champions before the uh, merger, uh, before the Super Bowl era, actually. So this week I thought we would uh, take a look at the AFL championship uh, winners from 1960 to 1969. The eight founding owners of the American Football League in 1960 called themselves the Foolish Club. That certainly was an appropriate name as they were about to go head-to-head -head with the NFL for players and fans. The NFL's Dallas Cowboys and the AFL's Dallas Texans even played in the same stadium, the Cotton Bowl. But the AFL played an exciting brand of football that appealed to football fans and they managed to land some high-profile college players as well. 
Before the merger with the NFL, AFL champions had been pretty much overlooked. This is our attempt to remedy that. It all began in 1960 when the Houston Oilers defeated the Los Angeles Chargers by the score of 24-16. to The following year, in a rematch of sorts, it was the Houston Oilers over the San Diego Chargers 10-3. In 1962, the Dallas Texans defeated the Houston Oilers 20-17 in double overtime. After that season, the Texans moved to Kansas City where they became the Kansas City Chiefs of today. In 1963, the San Diego Chargers dismantled the Boston Patriots by the score of 51 to 10. In 1964, the Buffalo Bills defeated the San Diego Chargers 20 to 7. And in a rematch the following year, the Bills shut out the San Diego Chargers 20 to nothing. In 1966, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Buffalo Bills 31 to 7. This sent the Chiefs to Super Bowl I against the Green Bay Packers, where they lost by the score of 35-10. In 1967, the Oakland Raiders defeated the Houston Oilers 40-7, sending the Raiders to Super Bowl II against the Packers, where they were defeated 33-14. In 1968, the New York Jets defeated the Oakland Raiders 27-23 on their way to Super Bowl III against the Baltimore Colts. And thanks to Joe Namath's famous guarantee, the Jets defeated the Colts by the score of 16-7. to Finally, in 1969, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Oakland Raiders 17-7, sending the Chiefs to their second Super Bowl game. This time, in Super Bowl IV, the Chiefs defeated the Minnesota Vikings by the score of 23-7. This was the game where Kansas City coach Hank Stram was mic'd up on the sidelines and became a star thanks to NFL Films. During the 10 seasons that the AFL was a separate league from the NFL, the Chargers played in five AFL title games, including three straight. The Oilers played in four title games, including three straight. And the Bills and Raiders also played in three straight title games. Most people only know of the AFL champions who went on to play in the Super Bowls, but the AFL had a great history of championship games played long before the merger with the NFL and the start of the Super Bowl era. Well, with the completion of that history lesson, uh, now you got to actually do some real history lesson research and not just look up who won championships. <laughs> You've been coasting for yeah. about a month now. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, several weeks that uh, uh, I've, I've been doing these uh, recaps of, of title games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. which, I mean, which is always a great reminder for people. Right. Uh, but like uh, I just said, now you got to do some real research I and do. work, and we want to hear some great, unique history <laughs> lessons from here on out. Well, I will try. All right, our upcoming events calendar, August 5th, next week. Uh, actually, not next week, but... Uh, the week after next, we'll talk about it. But, yeah, uh, in nine days, August 5th, the CFL regular season begins, and the NFL Hall of Fame game will be played in Canton, Ohio between the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I mean, that'll be a big night. What was, it, was it last year? A couple of years ago, we did a CFL preview show hmm. as yep. a separate podcast, yep. which was a lot of fun to do. But... Yeah, we recorded that in your apartment. Yeah, we did. Yeah, was... <laughs> we sat around, we had our notes, and we just sat there. You, you sat on the one couch, I sat on the other couch, yeah. kind of facing you, and we, we knocked that out in a couple yeah, we, hours. Yeah, we did. That was <laughs> I had fun doing that. And maybe we'll do like a mini preview, but during the podcast here, we could talk about... Uh, some of the teams i'm excited to see the edmonton elks mm-hmm. uh but yeah maybe yeah we can run down on some of the the schedule we, we should at least yeah mention the games and the schedule coming up obviously but yep. uh we don't want to add them to the picks do we add a little cfl to the yearly picks on top of our nfl picks i don't know i don't we don't, <laughs> we we're not as good at guessing uh cfl games i mean we're yeah. already awful at guessing nfl games so what's yeah. the difference yeah, I I think we'll just leave the CFL as just being uh, big fans. Yeah, you know, it, it to me, I don't like betting on games. I don't like trying to decide, you know, who's going to have what record. I used to do that with the Lions every year. The, the minute their schedule came out, I was you know dissecting it right away. Oh, win loss, win, week win. one, yeah, win loss, win loss, win. Oh, we're going to be you know ten and 
10 and 6 or whatever, 10 and 4 or whatever, you know, back in the 70s. And you go 4 and, and 13. And I was wrong, wrong, wrong every year, year in and year out. I could not predict what that team was going to do. So yeah. it's just more fun to just be a fan and just, you know, root for them week in and week out. And ride the misery from beginning to end. Yeah. I tell you, it's a good thing I don't drink. But uh, another big thing going on on August 5th is I got jury duty that day. Oh. And I've never had jury duty before. I've, I've been on the list a few times, but they always tell you, you know, call the night before and then see if they need your particular group, whatever. Watch that be the day because we also got movie tickets that night to go see uh, the new Suicide Squad movie, which I'm amped about. So watch. You're going to get stuck doing, doing jury, <laughs> jury duty, uh, and then you won't be able to go to the movie. You're going to miss the CFL games. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, should I call into work the next day so but at least stay up late and watch CFL at football? At least, if nothing else, I think I'm actually going to go have to go through the process of you know uh, having being interviewed by lawyers and say you know how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? You know, we will either accept you or we'll reject you for. Well, uh, get your Princess Leia costume ready and tell them why you should be yeah. the leader of the Republic, and I'm <laughs> sure they'll let you off a jury. Should I, should I wear my Detroit Lions hat shirt? Uh, I mean, the minute you walk pants, in, they're going to tell you to leave. Shoes. This man is clearly <laughs> insane. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Insano. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. You're the only <laughs> one laughing idea. at that joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's everything I had on the rundown yeah, for this week. I'm good. Uh, no no updates. Uh, boy, we we went a little long. We, we kind of went on some tangents wow. this week. Yeah. I, didn't think, well, I think you were the one that put I us know, over I went, this week. I went on a couple of tangents. Yep. Okay. Well, then I'll... I'll Hey, it's what happens you. when we get some juicy stuff that you know gets us talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me fix this for you. That's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like. Follow us there or go to our Twitter at TWOF Kalamazoo. We post a lot of unique stories, highlights, pictures, videos, all that jazz from across the world of football on those platforms. You can also uh, keep tabs with this podcast. We post every Tuesday, and I mean every Tuesday. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, A little later today than normal, but... uh, Hey, it's still a Tuesday, and we're still getting it out. We're available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. Tell your friends about us. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than the two of us. All right, reining in a little bit. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm the son of Randy Snow. And we'll see you all next week.